Hello everyone, I'm your host Luke and this is my co-host Gerard. Hello, hello, sorry I had a sneeze. <laughs> yeah, welcome all right. back, welcome Ar back everybody. Already leaving room for uh, pauses, but anyways. Um, today we're talking about the Hatfield and McCoy feel feud. Um, and I'll start and then I'll kick it off to Jared. So the feud, also described by journalists as the Hatfield-McCoy War, involved two rural American families of the West Virginia, Kentucky area along the Tug Fork of the Big Sandy River in the years 1863 to 1891. Uh, the Hatfields were led by William Anderson, Devil Ants Hatfield, while the McCoys were under the leadership of Randolph Ole Ranny McCoy. Um, <laughs> the feud went on to enter folklore as a metonym for any bitterly feuding rival parties. Um, the McCoys lived primarily on the Kentucky side of the Tug Fork, while the Hatfields lived mostly on the West Virginia side. And the Majority of the Hatfields, although living in Mingo County, fought for the Confederacy, while most McCoys fought for the Confederates. Um, the, fir the first real violence in the feud was the death of Asa as he returned from the war, murdered by a group of Confederate home guards called the Logan Wildcats. Devin Ance Hatfield was a suspect at first, but was later confirmed to have been sick at home at the time that he was killed, and it was widely believed that his uncle, Jim Vance, a member of the Wildcats, committed the murder. Now, the Hatfields were also more affluent than the McCoys and had many more political connections. Ance's timbering operation was a source of wealth for his family, while the McCoys were more of a lower-class middle family. Old Ranny owned a 300-acre farm, and both families had also been involved in the manufacturing and selling of moonshine. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that part. Good old moonshine. <laughs> yeah. So I'll kick it off to you, Gerard. Yes, sir. Um, the Hatfield McCoys, mere mention of the name stirred up visions of a lawless and unrelenting family feud. It evokes gun-toting vigilantes uh, hell-bent on defending their kinfolk, igniting their bitter grudges that would span generations. Yeah, many people familiar with these surnames may know a little about the faded history of these two families and the legends they inspire. Who were the Hatfields and McCoys? And what was their source of this vicious and violent clash between the families? During the most heated years of the uh, feud, each family was ruled by a well-known patriarch. William Anderson Hatfield, known as Devil's Annas, um, had appeared... Uh, had the appearance of a backwoods uh, rough-hewn mountain dweller. By the 1870s, uh, Devin Annis uh, was an increasingly successful timber merchant who employed dozens of men, including some McCoys. On the other side of the uh, feud stood Ru uh, Rudolph, old Randall uh, McCoy, though not as prosperous as uh, Devil. Rudolph uh, owned some of the land and livestock. Both families lived along the Tug Fork uh, of the Big Sandy River, which snaked along the boundaries between Kentucky and West Virginia. Both families had complex kinship and uh, social networks. 
Family loyalties was often determined not only by blood, but by employment and proximity. The families were intermarried and sometimes even switched family loyalties, even once the, uh, even once the feud had started. The first event in the decades-long feud was the 1865 murder of uh, Rudolph's brother, Annis uh, Harmon McCoy, by the Logan Wildcats, a local militia group that counted uh, a devil and other Hatfields among its members. Many people, even members of his own family, regarded Annis Harmon, who uh, served in the Union Army during the Civil War as a traitor. While some have surmised that his murder set the stage for the feud, most historians now see the incident as a standalone event. Retaliations between the two families continued to sour over the next decades before flaring uh, again over a seemingly small matter, a dispute over a single hog. In 1878, uh, Rudolph McCoy accused Floyd Hatfield, a cousin of uh, Devil Annas, of stealing one of his pigs, a valuable commodity in the poor region. Uh, Floyd's ha- uh, Floyd Hatfield's trail took place in uh, McCoy's territory, but was presided over a uh, cousin of uh, Devil Annas. It hinged on the testimony of the star witness, Bill Satin, a uh, McCoy relative married to a Hatfield. Uh, Satin testified, testified in Floyd Hatfield's favor. The McCoys were infuriated when Floyd was cleared of the charges against him. Two years later, Satin was violently killed in a fracas um, with Sam and Paris McCoy, nephews of Rudolph. Sam stood trial for the murder but was acquitted for self-defense reasons. Within months of Satin's murder, a heated affair of uh, a different sort was set ablaze. At a local election day gathering in 1880, Jonas Hatfield, the 18-year-old son of uh, Devil Annas, encountered uh, Rosanna McCoy, Rudolph's daughter. According to the accounts, Jonas and Rosanna had it off, appearing together for hours. Supposedly fearing retaliation from her family for mingling with the Hatfields, Rosanna stayed at the Hatfields residence for a period of time, drawing the ire of the McCoys. Although they certainly shared a romance, it rapidly became clear that Jonas was not about to settle down with Rosanna. Uh, several months later, he abandoned the pregnant Rosanna and quickly moved on. In May 1881, he married Nancy McCoy, Rosanna's cousin. According to the romanticized legends, Rosanna was heartbroken by these events and never recovered emotionally. The real turning point in the feud, according to most historical accounts, occurred on another local election day in August 1882. Three of uh, Rudolph McCoy's sons ended up in a violent dispute with two brothers of... uh, The fight soon snowballed into chaos as one of the McCoy brothers stabbed Elson Hatfield multiple times, then shot him in the back. Authorities soon apprehended the McCoys, but the Hatfields interceded, uh, uh, spiriting the men to Hatfield territory. After receiving word that Elson had died, they bound the McCoys to some pawpaw bushes, and with minutes... Within minutes, they fired more than 50 shots, killing all three brothers. Though the Hatfields might have felt their revenge was warranted, the law felt otherwise, quickly returning indictments against 20 men, including uh, Devilanus and his sons. Despite the charges, the Hatfields eluded arrest, leaving the McCoys boiling with anger about the murder and outrage that the Hatfields walked free. <laughs> their cause was taken up by uh, Prairie Klein, an attorney who was married to Martha McCoy, the widow of uh, Rudolph's uh, brother, Rand- Rand- Randolph. Randolph. Oh, yeah. Randolph, you right. Uh, early years, uh, Klein had lost a lawsuit against uh, Del Annas over the deed for thousands of acres of land. Many historians believe uh, this left him looking for his own form of re- revenge. Using his political connections, Klein had the charges against the Hatfields reinstated. He announced rewards for the arrests of the Hatfields, including the devil. The pressure cooker gathered steam.
The media started to report on the feud in 1887. Their accounts, the Hatfields were often portrayed as violent backwood hillbillies who roamed the mountains stirring up violence. The sensationalist coverage planted the seed for their rivalry to become cemented in an American imagination. What had been a local story had become a national legend. The Hatfields may or may not have paid attention to these stories, but they were certainly paying attention to the boundary bounties on their head. In an effort to end the commotion once and for all, a group of Hatfields and their supporters hatched a plan to attack uh, Randolph uh, McCoy and his family, led by Devil Anna's son Cap and Ali uh, Jim Vance. A group of Hatfield men ambushed the McCoy's home on New Year's Day in 1888. Uh, Randolph fled, escaping into the woods. His son Calvin and daughter Alf Fair were killed in the crossfire. His uh, wife Sarah was left badly beaten uh, by the Hatfields and suffered a skull, crushed skull. A few days later, what became known as the New Year's Massacre, bounty hunters Frank Phillips chased down Jim Vance and Cap Hatfield, killing Vance. Phillips rounded up nine Hatfield family members and supporters and hauled them off to jail. Years of legal permutations unfolded uh, permutations unfolded as a series of court judges ju- or courts judged the legal merits of the Hatfield case. Eventually, the case went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, which decided that the Hatfields being held in custody could be tried. The trial began in 1898, uh, or sorry, 1889. In the end, eight of the Hatfields and their supporters were sentenced to life in prison. Well, <laughs> you just cut out after Ellison mounts. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, sorry, give me a second. Let me reconnect my headset. Okay, I'll continue reading. Ellison mounts, who is believed to be the son of Ellison Hatfield, was sentenced to death, nicknamed Cotton Top. Mounts was known to be uh, mentally, yeah. And many viewed him as a scapegoat, even though he had confessed his guilt. Although public executions were against the law in Kentucky, thousands of spectators gathered to witness the hanging of him on February 18th, 1890. Reports claim that his last words were, quote, They made me do it. The Hatfields made me do it. <laughs> as the feud faded, both family members attempted to recede into relative obscurity. Randolph became a ferry operator, and in 1914, he died at the age of 88 from burns, suffered in an accidental fire. By all accounts, he continued to be haunted by the deaths of his children. Devil Ants Hatfield, who had long proclaimed his skepticism about religion, was born again later in life when he was baptized for the first time at age 73. Um, Yeah. Jared? Yeah. Well, this is annoying. I got a call in the middle. I got a call in the middle of uh, me talking about the podcast, and now my headset won't reconnect to the uh, phone. So it looks like I'm talking uh, on speakerphone. <laughs> well, the audio does sound better. Not to. Uh throw shade on anybody but on my crappy headphones (laughs) yeah um so i i just wanted to say that like this has um like inspired 
various multiple um, modern day interpretations of this. Ha- have you heard of a Netflix movie named Claws, Jared? I have not. Yeah, so it's. I would recommend it to anyone watching. It is a very beautiful animation. It, like, takes place in Norway or whatever. That doesn't really matter. But, like, you know, there's Santa Claus and, you know, like, this kid is, like, the vast, is, like, the heir to a vast postal empire. And, you know, his dad sees him as a lazy butt. So he ships him off to, a like, a village in the middle of nowhere and it turns out there's like a generations long feud on this island that he was sent to between like these two families and um the let me what what are the two names um Oh, okay, so the two, the town's two familial clans are named the Ellingbows and the Crumbs. And, you know, they're like at odds with each other and, you know, whatnot. They hate each other's guts, but yeah. Um, (laughs) Did you have more? No, that's about it for me. Okay, well, I have a few more things. Um, so <laughs> the first thing is that, well, I'll get into that in a second, but there's some, so one cool thing about the Hatfields and McCoys is that they, it actually went all the way up to the Supreme Court. So the trial, um, well, the backdrop for this is the Battle of Grapevine Creek. Between 1880 and the 1891, the feud claimed more than a dozen members of the two families. On one occasion, the governors of West Virginia and Kentucky even threatened to have their militias invade each other's states. In response, the Kentucky governor sent his gen- General Sam Hill to Pike County to investigate. A few days after the New Year's massacre, a posse led by Pike County Sheriff Frank Phillips rode out to track down Devil Anse's group across the straight line into West Virginia. Two McCoys were members of Phillips' posse, Bud and one of Randolph's sons, James Jim McCoy. The posse's first victim was Vance, who was killed in the woods after he refused to be arrested. Phillips then made other successive raids on Hatfield's homes and supporters, capturing many and killing another three Hatfield supporters before cornering the rest in Grapevine Creek on January 19th. Unfortunately for Phillips, Ants and other Hatfields were waiting for them with an armed group of their own. I mean, I guess this is just battle of the armed vigilantes, but it's fam- family feud edition, so yeah. Um... A battle ensued between these two parties, and the Hatfields were eventually um, apprehended. 
A deputy, Bill Dempsey, was wounded and executed by Frank Phillips after they surrendered. On August 24, 1888, eight of the Hatfields and their friends were indicted for the murder of Randolph's young daughter, Althera McCoy, who was killed during the New Year's Massacre. They include Cap Johns, Robert and Elliot Hatfield, Ellison Mounts, French Ellis, Charles Galepsi, and Thomas Chambers. So that's the backdrop to the Supreme Court trial. So because of issues of due process and illegal extradition, the Supreme Court became involved. And the course name was Mahone v. Justice in 1888. The Supreme Court ruled 7-2 to two in favor of Kentucky, holding that even if a fugitive is returned from the asylum state illegally instead of through lawful extradition procedure, no federal law prevents him from being tried. Eventually, the men were tried in Kentucky, and all were found guilty. Yeah, I'm sure they had a real fair trial. Um, <laughs> seven received life imprisonment, while the eighth, uh, Ellison Mounts, was executed by hanging and buried in an unmarked grave. Ellison had tried to retract his confession, saying that he was innocent and that he had only confessed because he expected leniency, but his retraction was denied. Thousands attended the hanging, but though the scaffold was in the open, its base was fenced in to comply with laws that had been passed, which prohibited public executions. Wait, so they, they could still see it? What? Okay, so... The hanging side is the current yeah, look. They, they could yeah, still they could see, see it, right? Yeah, they could see like his feet and stuff, but they probably couldn't see his face. Oh, because it like... I mean, if if I remember correctly, like public exit, you know, like public hangings, like, it, you know, it was like a... It was like a event, you know, like a local event. Like, there were like bleachers and whatnot, you know? Kind of... Kind of eerie. Um, <laughs> the hanging site is actually the current location of a classroom building of the present day University of Pikesville. With his last word, uh, Ellison claimed that the Hatfields made him do it. No one has had been sent to the gallows in Pike County for 40 years. And after Ellison, no one ever was again. So, you know, this, this kind of reminds me of... Uh, you know, the, uh, what was it, the, um, is the Jamestown, um, these, the, the Salem witch trials, Jared, where, you know, it's like families and one is obviously way better off politically, at least, than the other. Yeah. Doesn't it kind of remind you of that? Because they were saying, they were saying like one was way better off and, had a lot more land and shit um, than the other one. So, of those sent to prison, um, Valentine Uncle Wall Hatfield, the elder brother of double ants, was overshadowed by ants' ambitions, but was one of the eight convicted, dying in prison of unknown causes. Doc, C, Doc D. Mahone who was a son-in-law of Valentine and brother of Pliant, one of the eight Hatfields that was convicted. He served 14 years in prison before returning home to live with his son, Melvin. Pliant, 
That's the name. Mahone, son-in-law of Valentin, served 14 years in prison before returning home to join his ex-wife, who had remarried but left her second husband to live with Pliant again. Hmm. So, modern day, there's actually a hat. I found a Hatfield McCoy museum that has like the oh, that's cool. like the actual relics that they found um, displayed and whatnot. And uh, it's called the Big Big Sandy Heritage Museum, and it's maybe it's part of a website, but it's a. Uh, it's on roadsideamerica.com. Uh, the Big Side, or sorry, the Big Sandy Heritage Museum serves two audiences: fans of the Hat Hatfield McCoy feud and fans of Pikeville and Pike County. Hatfield McCoy fans are the majority, which uh, da, 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 um, uh, Hatfield McCoy highlights at the museum include life-size wax dummies of the two clan leaders. Devil Ants, Hatfield, and Randolph McCoy, which they have a picture of uh, Devil Ants Hatfield. I mean, he had a full beard and, you know, like those old, I, I don't know, like just really, when you think of hillbilly hats, I, I don't know, it looks really limp and whatnot. Um, and they were custom made in Philadelphia. Um there are framed paintings of the two men by the late Burt Diamond. Uh, two showcases are devoted to the famous feud, exhibiting items dug up from the McCoy home place after it was destroyed in a Hatfield attack, as well as the warrant subsequently issued to track down the Hatfields and arrest them. Um, the oddest item has to be the Everlasting Friendship Certificate, it was signed and sealed in 1924 by the governors of both Kentucky and West Virginia, officially ending the feud with the opening of a highway between the two states. <laughs> God. Um, more roads have been built since then, and today the West Virginia-Kentucky state line is easily crossed by those seeking to bond with both families. The Pikesville Museum staff is grateful for the attention that it brings, but it can be a little frustrating. Uh, one of the interns is quoted saying, I'll meet someone and say I'm from Pikeville, and they'll go, oh my God, are you a Hatfield or McCoy? And they say, no. I get that all the time. So it's um, in Pikeville, Kentucky. Um, the museum is actually on its on the fourth floor of a multi-story blocky tannish building. And it has very poor hours. It's open Tuesday to Saturday, 10 to 4. And adults get in for $5. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's something. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about some... Well, Luke, I actually have to go. So I have to give a call back to that person who called me. Okay, I'll, I'll finish this. Um, Sounds good. Well, thank you, guys. I have to take off, so um, I'll talk to you in a second, Luke. Okay, sounds good. Um, All right, bye. Bye. So the Hatfields and McCoys actually inspired family feud. Um, 
or it's believed to have, which premiered in 1976. In 1979, members of both families appeared on the show during a special Hatfields and McCoys theme week to battle it out for the usual cash rewards um, with one unique twist. It included the prize package was a pig symbolizing the origins of the feud, which was a rumored theft of a valuable pig by a Hatfield ancestor that had served as a catalyst. Um, the Hatfields won the contest. Um, a rare medical condition may be partly to blame for the violence of the notorious clash of clans, not sponsored. In a 2007 study, a team of doctors and geneticists who had studied dozens of McCoy descendants noted an unusually high rate of von Hippel-Lindau disease, a rare inherited condition that produces tumors of the eyes, ears, pancreas, and adrenal glands, as well as high blood pressure, a racing heartbeat, and increased flight or flight stress hormones. The researchers also collected numerous oral hoi, hoi histories from family members detailing the combative and often violent nature of the McCoy family dating back to the feud's roots. Um, apparently there's also thousands, they have thousands of um, descendants. Uh, and now we get to the part where they were uh, moonshiners. So, after generations of bootlegging, direct descendants of the Hatfields have teamed up with the McCoy name to produce legal moonshine in southern West Virginia with the state's blessing. Um, production of Drink of the Devil has been in full swing at a distillery on original Hatfield land bringing batches to the nation's store shelves using the original recipe of family patriarch Devil Ants Hatfield. Overseen by Chad Bishop, husband of Hatfield's great-great-great-granddaughter, all the work is done by hand in a converted garage on a mountainside six miles from Devil, Devil's uh, gravesite. After going through fermentation and distilling processes at the Hatfield and McCoy Moonshine. Batches are bottled, corked, and packaged in-house before being shipped to West Virginia, Florida, Kentucky, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. Uh, so they are sold in 25-ounce bottles. Moonshine is essentially whiskey that hasn't aged. The business sells between 1,800 and 3,000 bottles each month at $33 per bottle. It's probably gone up. I'll be honest, it's just kind of crazy. Uh, they never dreamed that it was ever going to be like that. Uh, so now in the name of commerce, um, after a truce was signed in 2003, um, They had to t take it seriously. Um, 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, interest in the former feud spiked in 2012 when a miniseries co-starring Kevin Costner and Bill Paxton aired on cable television. A year later, a re- cable reality show featured several Hatfield descendants and relatives of the McCoys on the maternal side. Um, <laughs> I'm reading about their moon, their modern moonshining business. Um, so they acquired the necessary permits in 2012. Um, this distillery started shipping to the state alcohol beverage control warehouse in November 2013 for distribution to retailers. Uh, holy shit. The equipment alone to get the operation started cost $200,000. And there have been other challenges with making batches with local products has kept the profit margin low. How how much do you think it costs to set up a microbrewery? I mean... Um, Back then or now? Well, God, they set it up now and they said it was $200,000. Like... Some of those places I've been in, it looks like a couple million at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing probably uh, probably a small brewery. They probably didn't even have like a front office. They probably brewed it and sold it to other like bars and local bars and stuff like that. So instead of having like a big open room and like a dining area and where they could serve the drinks, they probably just uh, uh, sold it to other like bars around the area more than likely, if I had to guess, for that price. Yeah, it's like $33 a bottle, but this article is a couple years old, so it's probably 45 or something. I, I don't know. Liquor's really spiked, right? Like, especially the stronger stuff? Yeah. I mean, like, I, I haven't drank in a year, so I, I don't really know, but when we go to uh, Alamo, it's... Isn't each drink like twelve bucks? Don't you get like? But that's a, because that's because it's the Alamo, and it's just like they charge a premium for serving it to you in a movie theater. Right, but <laughs> still adds up. Um, so the uh, one of the Hatfields went on to say, "I know God's not in moonshine. I know that this is just the way they she was raised. They come from a moonshining dad." He used to bootleg when she was little. Uh, she would bottle it for him in the bathtub. Wow. Um, <laughs> I I actually found their website, uh, the Drink of the Devil Hatfield and McCoy Moonshine. Jared. Yeah. They they list their prices, but I don't think they list their or they they list their products, but they don't listen list the uh, prices. Like uh, they say on their website under the tour and shop tab, experience a slice of history with a behind the scenes tour of the Hatfield and McCoy Moonshine Distillery. Hatfield and McCoy Moonshine is the very first authentic mountain moonshine ever legally produced by the Hatfields and McCoys, situated in the southern mountains of Gilbert, West Virginia. 
This moonshine has been handmade, following a family tradition passed down for generations, like 150 years or something. And they're open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Interesting. They they list their um, recipes, but once again, not the prices. You can get a H&M Devil's Brew, an H&M Moon Garita, an H&M Bee Sting, which has 1.5 ounces of moonshine in it, and uh, H&M Moon Teeny, which I guess all these drinks have um, 1.5 ounces of their moonshine besides the Devil's Brew that has two ounces. Um, All right, you ready to call it, Luke? Yeah, I'm almost done. I I just want to end it on, uh, can moonshine make you blind? Uh, No, it doesn't make you blind, but high doses of methanol certainly can. Unless you really screw up a batch, you should not end up with concentrations of methanol high enough to do any damage other than give you a bad hangover. So there you go. Uh, Anyways, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Hope you have a good week. Uh, Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Peace.